Camp, the podcast where two friends gab by the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Gideon. I'm Luke. Uh, we're talking about Wolf by Night. Is that what it's called? Werewolf by Night. Okay. Both make sense. <laughs> Werewolf by Night released on Disney Plus in October 2022. It stars Gael Garcia Bernal. As Steve. As Steve, <laughs> also known as the werewolf. Yeah. And also stars Laura Donnelly mm-hmm. as the famous Elsa. Elsa Bloodstone. Which Frozen has really ruined the name Elsa. Yes. In terms of, that's, you only mm-hmm. think of Frozen Elsa. I kind yeah. of am surprised they didn't change her name, to be honest. No, Elsa that. Bloodstone's a big comic character. Mm-hmm. She's a very famous monster hunter. She has a very cool look, mm-hmm. uh, which they don't do here. But in the comic, she has like a really big ponytail mm-hmm. tightly tied behind her, like a big hair thing. Mm-hmm. She usually carries like two rifles. She has major Jessica Jones vibes here. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, she looks like Jessica Jones. Now she I does. think the black and white. I think the black and white makes her look a lot more like that, just because it's trying to be more stylish. Yeah. But it was interesting. Uh, So this is Marvel's first attempt at kind of a special presentation. Mm. So not like a full movie, just a small thing to release on Disney+. And I thought it was really fun and stylized. Also, I never said the director, which is Michael Michael Giappino. Mm -hmm. I might be saying that wrong. Uh, But he is a film composer. This is the first time he has ever directed something. He did a good job. Or and he directed that's not entirely true. He directed a Star Trek short in 2019. And I encourage anyone to watch the trailer if you're if you've never heard of this or you're not sure. Um it's a really good trailer. It got me excited for this. Um and if you watch the podcast, I'm not normally excited for new Marvel stuff, but um this was them really playing in a way that was I really liked. They were playing both both like stylistically but also story wise. Um I like Marvel when Marvel plays the genre. Yeah. Because that's how I think Marvel can be can prevent itself from going stale. Like WandaVision. Like WandaVision played with genre pretty yeah. well. And then when it didn't, it got it like the it wasn't as, as high quality. Yeah. And, like, Captain America Civil War, political thriller. Mm-hmm. And this film, this is classic with horrors. Like, yeah, old classic horrors. Um, and, yeah, it was really fun. I, I do have, uh, I have one critique stylistically and another that's not really a critique, but it's a note, I guess. I don't know. Um, the first critique is our main guy, Steve. So when Steve first shows up, it's like this monster, monster hunter council thing going on. Um, because the lead monster hunter man who has the bloodstone died. Ulysses. So they all have to fight to get the bloodstone and then whoever gets it, gets it. And like, they can kill each other and they're trying to like kill the monster or whatever. So anyway, he's there as one of the monster hunters. I don't know how he gets there. It's not important. He is an actual monster hunter, I think. Is he? I think so. They all seem to think he is. And, yeah. Uh, I but think he, he doesn't impl- act like them either. And then when um, 
Elsa, like, questions him. He's like, oh, I'm not that kind of hunter. I think he might just only hunt the bad monsters. I don't know. This is kind of the fly by God. But I think they intentionally leave it vague. So whenever we see him next, we'll have that context. So he has distinctive makeup, which are like darkened eyes. And then there's also a faint sort of skull motif in white paint, um, which immediately the first person he meets comments on his makeup and says it's like really cool and he says oh it's to honor my ancestors and that guy's like i don't know what that means i just think it's cool or whatever i have a critique about this because in the first few shots it was extremely hard to see the makeup you could obviously see the the white the black eyes but like the first scene of him going down the hallway I could tell there was something going on with his face, but I couldn't figure out what. So even by the time that they had this conversation, I still didn't know exactly what the face makeup was about. Now, I don't know if that was on purpose. If it was on purpose, like, fair enough. But I do think it might have been cooler if they had made that stand out a little bit more. Which there are, like, old school black and white techniques that I think could have worked. Um, So that would be, like, my one main critique style-wise is... Personally, I wish they had made the the white part of his face paint stand out more with the black and white. When they first filmed this, uh, the plan was to make it in color. Okay. And so they filmed the whole thing in color. And then the director, who wanted it to be black and white the whole time, Uh but seems to have been told he had to make it color, did a quick edit in black and white to show to the Kevin Foggy and the executives mm, based on what them. I'm reading. And he was able to convince them to let him switch to black okay. and white. And for the most that. part, he does a very, very good job converting. Yeah. Because it's hard to shoot in black and white, shoot to not color. shoot in black and white and make it look good yeah. in black and white. But they really do a good job here. They do for the most part, yeah. Uh, but I will agree that first shot, um, it's hard to fully see the detail on his face. So I think they could have done that. Well, like that there. explains a lot that they shot in color at first. So I I get it. That's like, a, I'm kind of shocked because this would not have the same impact at all. Because like the stylization and the reference to old horror movies is so much of this movie. Mm. And it's like the, the, the film does some... Um, old film textures and they have the little uh key like key uh frames and stuff i think which... they were gonna go for like a 40s 50s color mm. like an old school color but still color mm. and then they and then it said in the reading or in the thing i just read that uh eventually they the director was able to convince him because he was able to say, like, that doesn't match the essence of what we're doing Yeah, strong enough. No, I don't think that makes any I sense. I think is the right move. This is a black and white story. to convince them. And they do kind of love the WandaVision thing, where they aren't held back by black and white. Like, they use it to push it forward, but also stuff like the bloodstone being color, Yeah, I thought worked really well. Well, I think that's the thing, is, like, what I was saying about the keyframes and the added-on texture and stuff is, like that can come across as sort of 
almost like fakely pretentious like it's like trying to be pretentious but in a way that's like not even authentic so it's like can come off bad but i they they don't do that here i think in part because they lean so fearlessly into the old horror movie vibe that like it's 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 cheesy and it's taking itself lightly enough even though it is like scary um that it like totally gets away with it like it doesn't feel inauthentic to it yeah uh you can tell that this director really loved or really has an appreciation for this classic style mm-hmm. and it comes across that he took it so seriously and he he integrated the practical effects very well but in a way that was stylized not was you told me this was all practical effects and this is definitely not all practical effects i just read that they did practical effects i think what they meant was the werewolf okay was all practical effects. yes oh because obviously was... man thing yeah. also known as ted ted yeah man thing also known as ted was not practical effects. Yeah. And there was other things. And there was like lights and stuff. Um, that makes sense with the werewolf. Uh, that was the second thing I was going to say stylistically is that the werewolf is like person in a, in a costume werewolf instead of, we've seen the development of werewolves. You have like person in costume werewolf. You have weird like hybrid werewolf that goes more, more wolfy, but they're still standing or you have just a wolf, right? We have person in a costume, which could very easily not have worked, especially because when he is in werewolf form, he is supposed to be very scary and the, the and text very deadly. The text takes him very seriously. But because we have this old horror movie aesthetic, you know, it's very like um teen werewolf, like the old movie. Like it just they managed to make it work, and I really appreciate the bold choice of that. Well, I also want to add, when the werewolf does his rampage at the end, mm-hmm. this is still PG-13, but and it doesn't go as far as I think it could. It doesn't go all the way, but it could. Def- this is definitely pushing PG-13. This is, like, very violent. Well, that's also par- partly why I'm shocked. Kiki... Kiki, Kiki, no Bubba. Why well, I'm shocked that they didn't shoot it in black and white originally, because blood is so much more gruesome when you can see the red. When it's black and white, it's not as gruesome. There's a lot more of a distance to it. It's so, the classic trope. You can show as much alien blood as you want, yeah, or as much non-human blood as you want, as long as you don't make it red. Yeah. So, people just seem not bothered by it if they're like, oh, it's It's just not as disturbing. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, it's, like, weird to me. Um, but, yeah, it is It is quite violent. And I, I thought the action scenes were pretty good. I think my most favorite shot of the whole thing is when he's turning into a werewolf. And it's the shot of, like, Elsa cowering. And you just see him turning in, like, the flashing lights. That was a really good shot. Yeah, I think it was in the trailer too. Yes, they very intentionally did market that. That was a good shot. That was really good, but also like the the storyline for this was really weird, in my opinion. 
But I didn't not like it. But I am kind of confused by it. Well, it was just really interesting because they set up this whole competition in the garden thing, which I was like, okay, this is gonna be the, this is gonna be the the thing. But then that resolves like really quickly. Which I knew there had to be something else because it was resolving too quickly. And then you have the second part. Um where he is getting like forcibly turned into a werewolf and they want him to attack Elsa. And I think not necessarily my issue, but like when it ended, I was kind of sad it ended. I did end up like really liking these characters and I kind of wanted more. And I think those two scenarios were really rich and interesting and could have almost been their own specials. Like but a like two two week special. Yeah. Like I just kind of wanted to be in each scenario a little bit longer. But they were both like really I I see I'm very conflicted how I feel about it. But mm-hmm. it was a little unusual in terms of like storytelling. Mm-hmm. Well they uh I know they tried to uh This was them first trying out the Marvel special presentation, so I'm guessing that mostly it really felt you could kind of feel they were, like, testing the waters on what this format can look like. Yeah. And so I think moving forward, they'll be more defined. But you're right. All right. You're right in the sense I wanted more, but I'm not sad I left wanting more. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad way to end your special. No. The, um... In the first section when they're in the garden hunting the monster, um, we're introduced to Elsa... And we're told that she is the daughter of the hunter who just died. And her, like, stepmom is quite a character. She's a really good character. What do you mean stepmom? That's her stepmom. Is it her stepmom? Yeah. Yeah. She talks about how she's become like her mother. And she calls her her stepmom at this point. So her stepmom... We know that there is a complicated history. She apparently left years ago. And hasn't been training with her father, she clarifies. So she's left at some point, and she's, like, estranged, but she's come back because she wants the bloodstone for some reason. Which is interesting, because how it's kind of posited to us is that the bloodstone is, like, the ultimate monster hunting device. But she seems very uninvested in killing monsters. I think she just wants it because it's, like, supposed to be hers. Yeah. Her dad just didn't give it to her out of spite Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i got but also i think elsa's just a different kind of monster hunter she doesn't want to kill all monsters just like bad ones i think like that is part of my point though with the especially with how quickly so her and steve get stuck in this mausoleum together later um and steve just is like well she knows that he's weird because they ran into each other earlier and he's like i think we should not kill each other that's not how he says it but she's like what and then he then they get attacked by somebody else so then they run into to each other again and he doesn't want to kill her still so she's like what's the deal dude like <laughs> you're being so weird right now <laughs> we're supposed to be killing each other but it's not <laughs> anyway so he i don't even remember how it goes down but he's like yeah i'm like best friends with the monster i'm just trying to free him uh 
he tells her like fairly like soon into the anyway my point is that she comes around really quickly and i think all of that is really interesting um which is why i want like more of it Mm -hmm. again it's not even necessarily a criticism it's just like it's why i kind of almost wish that these were two episodes because there's like there's so much there to dig into that um we don't have time we don't have to have time to get into especially later on when he's getting turned into a werewolf the music cues that there might be something romantic there might be something romantic going on which like we don't really get into in detail but like that also would have been I would have been interested in that expanding. Yeah, Marvel is moving into a monster horror section because mm-hmm. they have Blade coming up, which is the vampire hunting, and uh, I think they have a few other things that they're looking into. So this is like a new pillar of Marvel mm-hmm. they want to bring into, and I'm really glad with the first start. Like if this is the direction they want to take it, yeah, like it clearly shows that they're this is a good idea. So I'm excited by this prospect. Uh, I have a broad critique of Marvel right now mm-hmm. that I want to bring up that this special is contributing to. Okay. Which is all of Phase 4, so everything since Infinity War, yeah, has been adding a lot of new characters. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, for me, and I think for a lot of people, is that... Broadly speaking, Marvel doesn't seem to be going in any direction. Yeah. They seem like they seem to just continuously be adding new characters. And like Agatha, that's a new character that will be having their own show soon. But we don't know what direction that's going to add to the show. We had the guy, the new Captain America from uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's a big part. We have. I thought he got kicked out. But he's still moving forward in a new show, The Thunderbolts. He is? Yeah. Oh, okay. What's uh, the girl from Seinfeld? Julie. Julie Louis-Dreyfus? Yes. Julie Louis-Dreyfus is in the Marvel movies now. Okay. Assembling her own Thunderbolt suicide squad. And, like, there's just, like, She-Hulk, Echo, Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are cool characters, but they feel like they're just being added to check boxes. Like, oh, they're added. And this film, like, they are introduced to the werewolf, we're introduced to Man-Thing, we're introduced to the Elsa Bloodstone. Mm-hmm. But, like, how on earth are they going to be used moving forward? And I'm, get, I'm just broadly tired of Marvel introducing so many characters so quickly mm-hmm. if I have no idea what they're doing with them. Also, Moon Knight is in Marvel horror. Yeah. Um, I forgot to say that before. I mean, I'm not, like, as engaged in Marvel as you are, but I agree it does feel like they don't have a direction right now. And I... The weird thing is that I know what their direction is supposed to be. Okay. They're building to a Kang dynasty. I don't know what that means. Okay. Loki was the only time this was set up so far, but Uh Kang is the smartest man ever. Okay. And in every timeline... Oh, yeah, you told me about this. Every timeline, Kang fights and kills all the other Kangs until there's one Kang. Uh-huh. But someone killed that last one Kang, uh-huh. who, was, who was keeping all the other Kangs from killing each other and starting endless wars okay. in all the timelines. So because they killed him, all the other Kangs are going to start wars again. 
until this one king can come back and be in charge. Why is the smartest man want to start a war? Because they all think they're the smartest man. So they're all fighting each other. It's not very smart. <laughs> if you're the smartest man, it is. Because one king does win. He just knows he's the smartest king. My point being is that that's the storyline they're building to. Mm-hmm. But like, what the... F- how does this contribute to that? This doesn't. Which is fine. But it, if it's not building to that, and it's not building to anything, I feel like we're just doing a lot of pit stops on the Marvel journey. Uh-huh. Which is annoying to me as someone who enjoys the overarching story. But it's clearly not as annoying to you who just enjoys the occasional pit stops I drag you into. Yeah. <laughs> which I do make you watch them. <laughs> you would not watch them without you me. You know what weirdly it sounds like? It sounds like they're copying DCs. Like, Director, model. individual film format? Yeah. It, Which is it does weird, because like, it doesn't, like, work for DC very well. But no, that's, what it feel, that's what it feels like they're doing, kind of. It kind of does feel like that. But even with DC, mm-hmm. at least when they have that, when DC hits really good directing, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And when it's bad, you at least kind of know what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. DC only works model... DC's model only works because they take a lot of really, really bold choices. And this was bold. This yeah. is the only bold thing Marvel's really done. Yeah. Lately. Yeah. Like, I like She-Hulk well enough. She-Hulk is not a bold show. Yeah. Miss Marvel is not a bold show. Uh, Hawkeye was not a bold show. So my point being is they're not being bold. So they shouldn't do that. Also, they have a really good thing working. And I want them to keep doing it. But this was fun. I really liked Elsa. I thought that she was really, like, intriguing. She won me over, the actress. Because when I did first see her, I was like, oh, it's like Jessica Jones, but it's not Jessica Jones. (laughs) But, um... The actress found a space for her. Yeah, she really did. And I... Like, I I don't know. I believed her as a person. Mm-hmm. I think... Wait. I like where the character starts here, but I also... This is a character that I do not want to stay here. Mm-hmm. Where they are right now makes sense for the end of the special. Mm-hmm. But I want her to kind of grow more do more i wanted to be more active this film was her reacting to a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. like she didn't feel like she was in control of her narrative that is or her complaint i have i don't mind it so much yeah because that's just it works for this plot line it Mm -hmm. works for what this is set up but i don't want this to be every film she gets in a situation everything goes wrong i want her to be like actively doing stuff I do have a complaint for the end of the first half when her and Steve work together to free the monster and in exchange she's gonna get the bloodstone right and he blows up the wall she leads the monster there um and Ted is running away and she goes wait the bloodstone and she has like a grabber or something and she grabs the bloodstone the bloodstone's on the ground so Steve's over here, Bloodstone's on the ground, she's right here, other people are running over because there's an explosion. I don't understand. She just stands there the whole time. 
why in the world? Like, she's been after the bloodstone since she got there. She was very intense about getting the bloodstone. She did not want light. She was like, if you cross me, I'm going to kill you. Like, why does she not go to the bloodstone as soon as it's on the ground? Because what happens is Steve goes to the bloodstone and it, like, attacks him or whatever because he's a monster, I guess. And everyone else shows up, and she never once moves towards it, which I just thought was well, really weird. When he touches it, she's surprised and shocked. Yeah, but I don't understand why she even, like, why that wasn't her first move to go towards it. Eh, I just think he was closer to it, so. But that's she was- strange. Just in terms of urgency, if they could have exactly the same thing happen, but have them both reach for it, Steve gets there first... And it does the thing, and then she's surprised. But that makes her more active in eh. getting what she wants. I, I thought that was weird. I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, I just want this character to do more moving forward. Well, uh, why did you have a problem? Why did I have a problem? With because every scene should be motivated by what the character wants in that well, scene. She was just picking up to give it to her. There was just a lot of space in between that was weird that she wasn't moving. Towards okay. what she wanted the whole time. Okay. Okay. I didn't have a problem with it. Well, I do. Okay. (laughs) You're allowed to have a problem with it, but I just didn't have any issue with that. See, I also think there was just like, I'm so conflicted because on the one hand, I like short things. On the other hand, I feel like there were so many fucking like episodic moments in this that would have made a really good episode or something. Like them in the cage together. Before he changes, that would have been a great television episode. Especially because, like, at the end, he's, like, smelling her. And then the next episode, she's all, like, touching his face and looking in his eyes. Right? We could have, like, romantic tension Are building. you going to actually make me say it? What? you going to make me say it? I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. I am judging what we got. Oh, my God. not what Blue. we wanted. <laughs> I think that there's a different world where they could have made a good TV show out of this. But then I don't think any of the cinematic choices would have hit as well because it would have been spread out over a TV show. And here it felt like a tight cinematic piece. So I'm excited to see where these characters are next. I think if they had explained before where these characters were going next, it would have prevented that feeling you're having now. What do you mean? Marvel usually has the next few films announced. So if we knew... Like, we knew in WandaVision, her next spot was Doctor Strange. Uh So at the end of the show, we knew where she was going. So that's where the energy of the arc was. Nah, I don't care about that. I can't help you. I just think if it was a TV show, you would be as happy as you think you would be. I know! I'm not saying that it should be a TV show. I'm explicitly saying that I'm conflicted. I'm clearing up, I'm clearing up your confliction. No. <laughs> okay. Maybe it could be three episodes. Like a very short miniseries. I don't know. I don't know. Hey. It's just there's like a lot of good stuff in there that I wish was a little bit longer. But I am conflicted because I normally like short things, so I don't know. I thought this was a cute, fun little package. I am also conflicted about the color coming back at the end. What's the deal with that? I think it was like peacetime. So it wasn't scary for anyone anymore. I guess that makes sense. 
It yeah. wasn't bad. It was just a little like random. But yeah, that I can buy that. And also, if you want to think of it in a big Marvel story way, it's, it would explain why not every one of their stories is in black and white. It's like they've transitioned color. But I like the idea that this is like a horror time for both of them Mm -hmm. because they were being murdered or tried to be murdered lots black and white for scary and now that they're not almost being murdered all the time it is not scary anymore i also love that one shot of when steve is in the murder gardens and the monster arm comes out to grab him and it's really scary and then steve like hugs the arm Mm-hmm. And then he starts talking to him, and it's, it becomes obvious that they're friends. But the the visual of him hugging the arm is so cute. Yeah, it's so sweet, and there's so much like real relief there, where he's like, "Oh my god, you're okay." It's so cute. They That's make a really man good thing very sincere, but also scary. Yeah, man thing will kill and does kill two people in the special. Yeah, he was really scary that like one time when she had to. Uh. Tr- get him, convince him to follow her to the wall. And I thought that was impressive because they start off the first time you see him is him being all cute. Mm -hmm. No, they really do a good balance. The film really understands classic horror, so they use that skill when stuff like this. Uh, Broadly speaking, it was a fun special. I like this thing. I hope Marvel does more of them. Uh, And yeah. If they do more highly stylized experiments, I will be interested. As it stands now, the only time I watch is when I think they're doing something interesting. Um, Or when I make you go. Yeah, and this was definitely something interesting. So, I mean, if they're, like, not going to have a direction and they just try random shit, I'd be down. I'm fine with them. I want them to have a direction. But I want them to have these fun different playing with styles like have the horror films play with horror have political thriller ones that they do have the classic fun energy light ones the problem is is that they seem really stuck in that light comedy action area Mm -hmm. and i don't think that it's good for marvel to stay there yeah it's getting a little too silly so i'm excited what's gonna happen next and overall i had a fun time let's talk about the other hunters okay might have to edit this into like the middle or something but he'll still leave it here uh-huh anyway there was the widow who wasn't really a hunter but she seemed to be the most hunter of all of them she's the only one that fought a monster one she was cool i thought the actress did a really good job like she was really good at being the character that she was um she reminds me of olivia coleman and also if you've seen ready or not i don't think you have but if you've seen ready or not she's major ready or not vibes like she is committed to the ritual the mission and the ritual you know i've seen a lot about ready or not Mm-hmm. I watched the video where they showed every death and, like, explained the context. It was very interesting. It's a good movie. Uh, I 
the only other significant hunter, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Because there was three of them. There was the lady in all white. Yeah. She was fine. She seemed very assassin-like. I don't think she has any dialogue. No. But she seemed to have very assassin energy. Yeah. There was the guy with the cross, little hand crossbow. Yeah. Which I just think is such a cool weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, tiny crossbows on your wrist. Yeah. Uh, Linkle. In uh, Legend of Zelda uses them, and I think they're really cool. And I just think they're cool here. So I like that. He's to be fine. And then there was that other guy who seemed cool, but he just seemed like another hunter. Mm-hmm. And then there was the beard guy. Yeah, the beard guy. Beard Who's guy. like kind of the main hunter antagonist. Yeah. He's not, like, a big character, but he's the one they run into a few times and he tries to kill them. Yes. He, uh... He's fun. Yeah. He was a good job. I think they did a good job, especially aesthetically with the Hunters, in making them all distinct and also very visually readable. So you get an idea of their vibes Mm -hmm. just by looking at them. Especially because, like, most of them are just there to be dangers and then to die yes so they kind of had to be well they didn't have to be but it helps that they're visually readable because then it is distinct when they die and you like remember who they are yes so i think they did like a good job Mm -hmm. establishing that um but yeah like i i almost like it's interesting that there was so it's interesting that they really well, I guess she does fight the guy with the crossbow because she kills him. So they don't only fight Beard Guy. But it is interesting they don't run into the other two when they're in the maze at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Beard Guy seemed to be very antagonistic. He was very interested in killing them. Yeah. Which is interesting because he was so friendly in the room. Mm-hmm. Like kind of your fun uncle who's had one too many beers. Yeah. Energy. And then in the hunt space, he was just such a murderer. He was just so like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, he was friendly, but he was also dismissive. Yes. And he was also very proud of his kill count. So. No, it makes sense. That yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like a character change. Just like he was able to play both sides. Yeah. Uh, also, when Elsa's able to fight them, she's very good in how she uses her fighting. Mm-hmm. Although... When the one guy loses his arm, I think the movie really underestimates <gasps> how well yeah. you can fight after losing, like, a whole limb. Okay, that is another complaint I had, which I forgot. But no. When she is first fighting Beard Man, he smashes her head on the concrete, like, three times, and she's fine. That was crazy. I was hoping they were going to explain, like, she had supervised or something, but they don't ever explain it. She doesn't even have a head wound. Yeah, she does. He smashes her. Like, she'd be she... dead. I just thought that was crazy. It's Marvel. It's a comic movie. Yeah. Stuff like that's just allowed to happen. I just wish she didn't smash her the head The guy so had much. his arm cut off, and he still fought her very effectively. Yeah, but he died. He died only after she shot him. Yeah. Later. Anyway, that did bother me. Um, but yeah, the other the other guy's the little um. Moving your hand the same way over and over again is not going to add an and 
Still doing it. <laughs> he cranks the coffin. The butler? Yeah. Butler seemed cool. He was like, just like, he was a very good, like, comic booky. He was actually, he was very cartoonish. But because of the vibe of the whole thing and the, and the thing, it made sense. Ooh, I also thought it was funny and very, like, maudlin that the guy, the guy who died, seemed to have turned his body into an animatronic. Yeah. That was a that was very smart because that was a really f- smart way to start the film. That's like relatively near the beginning cuz it's it does a really good job of setting the tone. Campy horror from the 30s. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. It is really cool. It's just all really fun. So yeah, overall I had a really good time. I'm conflicted on whether I wanted it to be longer or not. I'm not. But um, I liked it. It was fun. I think it's impressive that Marvel is taking risks and I hope they take more. Yes. I'm excited to see what happens next. Uh, I think the next property with Marvel, which I might actually make you go see, is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. I might make you see that one podcast because that one seemed interesting yeah i think you would enjoy it as much as you could yeah i don't know but after that the next one is a christmas special after that so Mm. we'll see but no i like marvel playing with stuff like this uh we don't have enough good halloween specials and i think this fits the vibe so (sighs) overall fun time go see it And that concludes today's episode of Friends at Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time at the campfire.